following is a message at Living Savior Church in Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. To learn more, go to lsavior.org. The, fro- the photograph has the two of them with a big grin in their faces standing in front of their brand new 40-foot motor home. Posted online with this photograph, hashtag blessed. Another photograph, she's standing there with the, the state volleyball championship trophy under one elbow and, and under the other, her most valuable player award, hashtag blessed. On his Facebook page, he posts a video. It's of his, his children playing nice in the front yard of his brand new home, his lovely wife admiring the scene at the, at, at the side. Just one sentence on his, Facebook, on his Facebook video. I'm so blessed. It's just a word you might say. Word, you, you might hear it every day. You might say it every day. But it's not without controversy. Just a couple of weeks ago, a conversation with a, with a sister in the faith. She was telling me that after some years, she's finally healthy again. She's active. She's able to do the things she wants. So she says, I'm so, well, I can't use the word lucky because luck has nothing to do with it. I'm so fortunate, she says. I, I I suppose I could say that, but I don't really believe in good fortune either. I'm so blessed. I'd like to say that, but does that sound kind of braggy? So can you believe it? Has the word blessed been been ruined for us? Is it beyond repair? Does it become a, a brag word that people use and you and I can't use it? Of course not. I won't correct you if if you speak of how you've been blessed, and I hope that you won't correct me, because actually it's a very humble expression of gratitude to God. Today our Lord is talking about blessings with with some famous words, but actually he speaks of the blessings that oftentimes you and I fail to recognize. Blessings that are not dictated by present circumstances, but blessings that are an aspect of our faith, that we, that we look forward to, to seeing those realities to come. I encourage you to pay attention closely as we, as we walk through the, the nine beatitudes, as they're called, the nine words of blessing with Jesus overturning the usual assumptions of of what it means to be blessed. The first one, you recognize that from birth and by nature, you're a spiritual beggar. Uh, You admit to the fact that there's, there's nothing you could do, nothing you could pay, nothing you could give to somehow earn God's favor. You you come before him reeking of spiritual poverty, as I do as well. But God rules from heaven above, and he gives you, no charge, the riches of his grace and peace. You can't earn it. 
You can't pay for it. Yet God rules from heaven above, and he sends you his son, who assures you of a place in his kingdom of grace right now, and who promises that someday he'll come back and take you to his kingdom of glory. Jesus' way of putting that, blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Because the kingdom of God is theirs. Second one, you lament your many sins of habit and your many sins of choice as I do. You grieve how you, you, you can't get your, your thoughts and your desire lined up, desires lined up with, with God's sacred standards. You also mourn with me the painful losses you've experienced, including the losses of what? A grandmother, grandfather, mom or dad, husband, wife, child good friend. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because you have an advocate who says that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. You have a redeemer who for your sake met every single one of God's standards for words and actions and even thoughts. And you have arisen from the grave Lord who continues to say from Holy Scripture that he is the resurrection and the life. And that whoever believes in him will live even though they die. His blessing here, blessed are those who mourn. Why? Because they will be comforted. Third one, you, for, for Jesus' sake, in an imitation of him, you, you, you practice a humility that many people don't appreciate. They, they think of it as weakness. You're the, you're, the, you're the first one to apologize rather than waiting for others to apologize for, to, to you. And you don't get all upset about the fact that on this earth, the proud and the arrogant and the self-seeking seem, seem to often have their way. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Why? Because for your entire earthly existence, he promises to give you everything that you need. Because in all that happens to you, he's working, in all that happens to you on this earth, he's working for your everlasting good. And because at the very last, you'll be given so much more than the blessings you see now. You'll be given so much more when Jesus returns and, and, and makes everything new. A new heaven above and a new earth below. Jesus' way of putting it here, blessed are the meek. Why? Because the meek will inherit the earth. When St. Matthew reports these words, he tells us that many people were coming to Jesus. And you, 
he become familiar for why they were coming to him. Some were coming to him with, with heart ailments and kidney failures, and, and, and they, were, they were going away from him perfectly well. Some were coming with severe pain and, and leaving his presence perfectly at ease. Some were brought to him paralyzed hands or, 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 or legs, or, and, 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 and they were walking away from him on all cylinders. No greater blessing in this life than good health, right? Ah, except none of those people whom he healed are with us any longer. All of them, long ago, centuries ago, perished and became dust and ashes. Sadly, even a, even a long and healthy life must come to an end. Realizing then that the blessings of this life, even a good health, reach their limit, you long for something even greater. You, you ache for that which is, is, is going to endure. You, 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 you crave blessings that are far better than anything you could ever experience in this life. His way of putting it, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because when Jesus comes with all his angels, he will completely destroy all disease and disability. And when he comes at the last, the devil and all his demonic allies will be cast into the lake of fire. When he comes again, death will be destroyed. And when he returns, well, his way of putting it, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be filled when righteousness reigns, when it's obvious from, from start to finish 100%, when everything is exactly as God wants everything to be. In repentance and with a compassionate heart, do you show that compassion by helping someone in need? And when you do that, do you ever wonder whether it's, it's going to have much lasting good? Still, you befriend, you help, you share who you are and what you have, doing it for Jesus. Without any hypocrisy at all, you, you sincerely search the scriptures to seek out how God wants you to, to act and speak and think. You're not always successful in your words and actions and thoughts. It seems there are always shortcomings that you must confess. And yet with a pure heart, you pray that the Holy Spirit will make you more and more a gentle, a loving, a genuinely honorable before God individual. You make it your aim, not just to correct but to bring forgiveness and peace to those who are quarreling with one another. You do your best to bring together those who have been harming one another. And although the results that you sometimes see are not always very impressive, you realize 
You're doing the Lord's work. To all that, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Why? Because for Jesus' sake, God will be merciful to you, eternally so. Because through the merits of your Savior, someday you'll see God face to face. Because for the sake of his son, God calls you his child and promises you a heavenly inheritance. Uncle Jake means well. When his 16-year-old nephew is crushed because his nephew's high school football team lost the big game to the Crosstown rivals, Uncle Jake takes his nephew aside and he says, don't you realize how blessed you are to be in a team and to be able to compete in such, a, such an amazing sport? Why, I, I'd give anything to, to be 16 years old and playing football again. Uncle Jake means well when his 19-year-old niece complains about college campus life. He takes her aside and he says, don't you realize how blessed you are to be able to, to, to study the great writers and thinkers and learn how to, how to think for yourself? Well, I'd give anything to be 19 years old and in college again. Uncle Jake means well when his son and daughter-in-law lament how, how it's hard to make ends meet and, and still raise their family. He, he takes his son and daughter-in-law aside and he says, don't you realize how blessed you are to, to have jobs and, and, and to have these children and share the experience of, of, of having them home with you? Well, I'd give anything to be that young again. Have you had an un Uncle Jake in your life? Well-meaning as such advice is, it can be a burden and a tedious, a, 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 and quite tedious to those who hear it. What people hear from, from an Uncle Jake is that what, what you have right now, that may be as good as it gets. In fact, the blessings that you have when you're young, well, those are the best you'll ever receive because once you turn whatever he'll suggest, 50 or 60 or 70, once you turn old, well, then, then there's really nothing to, to look forward to. There's, there's really no blessings of any consequence. Our Lord Jesus is much more realistic than that. We've been reading how at the present time there's a, a spiritual poverty with which we must come before the Lord. For the present time, we experience grief and sorrows and, 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 and practice a meekness that impresses nobody. Right now, there's a, there's a hunger and a thirst for that which is not yet, because we're not there yet. And right now, the, the mercy and the purity that we desire to practice never quite produces the earthly results that we that we want and yet the not yet the what is to come 
the realities that are waiting for us in heaven, those are the cause of, for a jumping up and down celebration. Jesus makes that abundantly clear in, in the last of his words of blessing. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the, the prophets who were before you. Yeah, it's hard. It, 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 it's, it's hard to imagine anything more heartbreaking than to be insulted by somebody because you love Jesus and you say that. It, it's tragic sometimes to, to have people speak evil of you because you're the one to tell them that there's this one Savior and, and he gives eternal life to all who believe in him. It's never easy to, in this life, experience hardship because of Jesus. And yet, even now, you and I can rejoice and be glad for, for what will be. Because those who have persevered in faith, those who remain a source of love for all, including those who don't yet believe, like the prophets of old, they will receive a heavenly reward. Which is what St. John saw. Can you see it? Book of Revelation, chapter 7. Already by this point in the account, the Lord Jesus has revealed well over a dozen pictures to John. Scenes of victory to him. But this one is really special. After this I looked, John writes, and there before me was a great multitude standing before God's throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands as if to celebrate a great victory. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, they cried out. Someone asked, these in white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? The answer, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they're before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In this vision that John saw, these people were being, were being brought together from every nation, tribe, people, and language. In this vision, John saw this was a multitude that no one can count. Look over the vast multitude. But also, lean in and look close. You see here? 
there she is. The mom who years ago wiped your nose and changed your diaper, showed you how to hold a spoon in your pudgy little fist, and taught you how to pray. There she is. And there he is, uh, your, your, your buddy from Sunday school who you, you learned lived a very hard life and yet never gave up on his faith in Jesus. There he is. There he is. You and, you and your brother quarreled when you were kids and, and you had your s- serious disagreements as grown-ups as well and yet the two of you in his latter years on this earth, you agree that with the Lord there's forgiveness for such things. There he is. And there she is. The one who's passing from this life broke broke your heart and brought many tears. When you and I celebrate all the saints triumphant, we think of the vast throng, but we also think of the individuals that when, when we lost them, the loss was severe. And perhaps we're, we're still recovering from that. And yet we also recognized they're enjoying the reality that the Lord has put before us. Yeah, she's, she's there celebrating the victory that the Lord gave her complete and whole and, and lacking nothing. And, and he's there praising God for, for bringing about this, this great rescue effort through Jesus Christ and for keeping him in the faith. They're all there. All of them. Robes made white with the blood that Jesus shed for them on the cross. Right now, for each of them, there is No more hunger, no more thirst, no more discomfort. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more disabilities. No more death, no more danger. That's the reality that so many already enjoy. And for the rest of us, that's the, that's the not yet. That's the what will be more than anything that's why jesus says you're blessed you and i all blessed with an anticipatory faith a looking forward a hope that will not disappoint a confidence that the greatest blessings won for us by jesus and given to us by our gracious Heavenly Father, the greatest blessings are the heavenly ones, the eternal ones that are to come. Amen. Mm-hmm.